Welcome back. It's been a long time. Welcome to an episode we just talking. Today, it's just me. All right. This is the prelude episode to the potential comeback of We Just Talking. Isaiah and Torian don't even know that I am recording this. Now, since the last time that there has been an episode, a lot has changed, right? Um, I'm having another baby due in July. Uh, Torian has moved into a new house. And Isaiah has recently become engaged. So we are all out here doing different stuff. So there's a reason that we haven't been doing episodes as well as technical difficulties and things like that. Now, with that being said, uh, we will have a conversation about possibly bringing the podcast back. Um, if not nothing else, I'll do one by myself like I used to. If we can't come into, I guess, terms, quote unquote, or uh, find a day that works for everyone. Um, but yeah, just wanted to bring you guys with what's happening. Um, with us and why we haven't been on the air. I know the last time I told you guys this was the evolution and we would be on like bringing audio and like on YouTube and all this other stuff. That shit costs money. And right now um, I got a baby on the way. So, you know what I'm saying? Like we may just do audio for a little bit longer. Uh, we may mix in some some Zoom calls so that we don't have to do it on like one spot and go from there but the conversations will be similar right like think of it as just a barbershop talk or you're chilling with your homies and that's what you're talking about. you'll have have sports talk um i me personally i don't want to talk politics bro i my dad came over this weekend and we got into a politics conversation and i seen the differences in people and i know for a fact at 32 years old there's no reason for me to talk politics and try to change people's mind the one thing that i will say is having the internet around is a scary place now that you do have older people or boomers who do not understand it and they think that anything that they read online is true with things like artificial intelligence and things like that, you can create a whole conversation of people and that conversation didn't really happen. If you listen, what it sounds like is that the rules of reality will be bent because you don't know. Now, me personally, I am someone who doesn't trust anyone really until you provide me with the fact, right? Even during free agency and sports, if let's say Woj, or Brian Windhurst or somebody comes out and says, so-and-so is talking to so-and-so. I don't believe it because they have to leak stories or create stories to one, get paid and keep a job, two, to provide entertainment and bring people in, and three, that's just their job. 90% um, of the time, it doesn't happen. And case in point, we're going to start today talking about my Los Angeles Lakers. Now, again, when the rest of the game is back, we can talk about as a broad topic. But since it is just me, we're going to talk Lakers. And then we'll talk about some other stories in the NBA, right? So uh, my Lakers, uh, we've made trades at the trade deadline. We got rid of Russell Westbrook. Now, I'm going to start off right here. Uh, I know I have some diehard Russell Westbrook fans uh, as friends that could possibly listen to this. The Lakers are better off with without Russ. And if you can't understand that, then I don't know what to tell you. Uh, am I saying that Russell Westbrook is a terrible player? I'm not. Am I saying that he's not going to go to the Hall of Fame? I'm not saying that. He will go to the Hall of Fame. 
What I'm saying is, is Russell Westbrook is not someone that I want on my Lakers team. Now, if you rewind a little bit, you can see that Russell Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony's are similar stories as to where the it was written. Carmelo cannot bring value to a team. Carmelo will not win teams. When Melo was with the Thunder, he got blamed for the Jazz series, right? That is Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook brings energy. He does bring uh, playmaking, but he also brings a lot of turnovers. In layman terms, he is Eli Manning. He's going to get you a lot of assists, but he's also going to turn the ball over a lot. Russell Westbrook is not meant for a team who struggles or struggles like struggles on offense and plays in close games down the stretch. He turns the ball over too much. He is not a consistent shooter. Those are the things that happen. Now, Russell Westbrook has went to the Clippers, and for the Clippers to win their last two games, Russell Westbrook has not played one minute in the fourth quarter. Russell Westbrook is a He's a good player for the first three quarters, but down the stretch of games, it's hard to play with him. That's something that has not escaped him even whenever he was here in Oklahoma City with the Thunder. It's That is something that just has not left. And this is the thing about Russell Westbrook diehard fans slash stands that are going to blindly follow him regardless. I can criticize Russ, and what I say can be true. Russell Westbrook had three years, three to four years after Kevin Durant left to lead the Thunder. Now, the first year, I don't want to fault him because he had no help. His second best player was Steven Adams. That was his MVP year, and he balled out of control. And they played with Houston in the first round. That series, whenever Russ sat, they got blown out of the water. He could, he literally couldn't sit. So he ran into fatigue and, and all of that goodness. And I, I believe that's why uh, the series was, was it 4-1 or 4-0 or something like that. The year after when he got PG and then he got mellow and things and then they lost to Utah and then they lost to Portland right those are things that we see you can't get out of the first round you're putting up great regular season numbers like Aaron Rodgers does but you get to the playoffs and you cannot win a series now then you look at someone else who is in the same position as his and you look at a Damian Lillard who's in a bad situation who's in Portland whose second best co-star was C.J. McCollum, who's not as good as Paul George. Uh, he's a bucket, but he doesn't play any defense. He's undersized. He's not a gr- a, as good of a playmaker as Paul George. And what happens? They have went to Western Conference Finals. He's won series. So, yes, if you look s- just at numbers, Russell's numbers are going to look better. But when you see who can be a fit, for a team like the Lakers or more teams in the league, Dame is going to fit more teams in the league because he can play without the ball in his hand. Russ cannot. That's the thing. If you need someone in his prime for him to lead the team like he did with Oklahoma City, Russ is perfect. But if you match him up with other superstars that need the ball or have the ball or better with the ball like LeBron, it's not going to work. Okay. Now, back to my Lakers. We've made trades. We got D'Angelo Russell. We got uh, Jared Vanderbilt. We got Malik Beasley. We got Mo Bamba, who's hurt. We got rid of problems, honestly. And um, I honestly think that us as a team look better. 
We actually played defense since the trade deadline. We are what one or two in defensive efficiency rating, which is a great stat. Um, we also are pretty much, we look completely different. We can spread the floor. LeBron has been hurt since what, in those games, 10 games that Bron hasn't played. We've been seven and three. Seven to three, seven to four, seven to three, something like that, right? And six of those games was that was without D'Angelo Russell. So you're getting, we got better. We, we subtracted Russ. And again, I'm not trying to make it sound like Russ is the pro, was just the only problem. We got depth. We got deeper. Now that Braun is, is out or, or D'Lo is out, we're still super competitive. You, you couldn't even imagine that before. If Braun and AD sat or were hurt, we were cheeks. We were getting clapped out by teams. And yes, the Lakers lost um, to the Knicks on the 12th, March 12th. But that was a close game. Um, it was issues. We couldn't hit shots. It's a make or miss league, right? I'm not going to be upset about the us losing a game like that. It's a regular season game. Do we need to win every game? Yes, we need to win every game. However, as a fan of the NBA and knowing this, there's 82 games. You can't get overly upset over one game, right? As long as 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 long as it's not the play-in tourney, or as long as it's not the last or last week or month of the season where you have to win a certain amount of games to make the playoffs, it is what it is, right? Like, I can't be be upset. And I think my Lakers are on the up and up. I think we're we look great at times. We do have to work on our turnovers. Uh, but I do enjoy our new team. It's something also that uh, it it makes us look better for next year as with Russ and Bev and them, it did not because with them, we didn't have a future. Now we actually have people under contract that are young uh, for next year. So it, it looks a lot better. So um, other news in the NBA, obviously, unless you've been under a rock, you've seen John Morant. Um, I want to speak on it too much because He's a kid. He's, I mean, John Moran is, he's young. Like, give me one second. I'm going to actually look up his age. Oh, God, my phone doesn't want to work. John Moran is 23. When I was 23 years old, I did some dumb stuff, man. I'm not going to overly judge him. Now, the dumb stuff that I did was not what he was doing. I wasn't trying to be a fake gangster. I wasn't trying to do that. I wasn't trying to be none of that. And I feel like He's doing that because he's in Memphis. He's $200 million man. Uh, he got around the wrong people. And you, y'all, as well as I do, if you're old enough, you have kids or something like that, you do know that at that age, you can't tell them nothing. They know everything. You do what I'm saying? Like, they think that they really know everything. So even if they do, he does have people around him that are saying the right things to him. Even if his parents are telling him the right thing. Nobody can tell him nothing. He thinks he knows everything because at 23, he feels invincible. He feels like nothing bad can happen. And he also thinks that he has the wisdom of someone older and he knows everything. So that's a hard place to be in. Now, I do hope with those drugs or not the drug, sorry, the gun stuff that happened. I hope he I hope he learns and gets his shit together. Like it's. I'm not a fan of the Memphis Grizzlies. Like I, I hate the shit talking and stuff. But as a fan of the NBA, I, I do know that it's good whenever there's a a villain. It's what sells anything. Movies, TV shows, whatever. You need a villain. They're a good villain. 
people don't like jaw as much as they used to dylan brooks is a douche like that's stuff that is gonna sell tv like it's people are gonna watch like if if golden state with draymond and dylan brooks beefing playing the playoffs i'm gonna watch i'm gonna watch it's something that piques my interest and i think that's one problem with the nba as of right now is we don't have as many rivalries there's not people honestly that maybe not hate each other, but just don't like each other. Everybody rocks with each other. Everybody's friends and you don't see as much shit talking and you don't see people wanting to go to that next level. And here's a, here's a point, right? Like with Braun, very few people went at him. You see people who did your Jason Tatum's of the world, right? Back in the day, being the best player in the world, or one of them, that meant people came at you all the time. All the time. Not too many people go at Braun. People went at, and, and it's, I'm not saying it because Braun is 6'8 and blah, blah, blah. I'm just saying, how often do people challenge him? Like Isaiah Stewart from Detroit went crazy and tried to fight him or whatever, but not too many people went at him as to where the Celtics went at him, even if they didn't do it necessarily verbally. Uh, all the time, they went at him. They were not afraid to attack him and get the best out of Bron. Like, honestly, LeBron is a product of those, I, I believe, of the early like 2007 to 2012, 13 range of people were going at him because of all of the, the storyline of LeBron isn't clutch, LeBron isn't this, he melted down against Dallas, and you had people going at him. Now you don't. Now who's the best player in the league right now? Well, you could say like Giannis or Steph or Joel or Jokic, nobody goes at them. It's very quiet, very weird. You don't have like, you don't have the desire to see a finals like you did a, like Kobe versus LeBron. We want to see that. Or like Kevin Durant versus Oklahoma City. Like you don't have that right now. Now we kind of do, and we did with, I guess, the Hawks versus the Knicks or Trey Young a few years ago. but. I mean, I'm going to be real. I don't even care about Trey Young no more. I don't like watching that style of basketball. Now, I know that's just me, but I don't I don't like watching that style of basketball. I don't like watching the style of basketball of I'm going to cook, 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 shoot a deep three, go two of 12. Once I do, I'm going to celebrate. Oh, ice tray, ice tray. I busted you. I'm going to taunt you and do all this other stuff. But then when we come back on defense, I'm not guarding you. I'm not checking you. I'm over here garden somebody trash in the corner i don't like that style of basketball i i don't like this offensive dominated style i think i think it's a problem another problem with the nba we're giving out mvps and no disrespect to Jokic because what he's doing is amazing but what does Jokic do on defense they try to bring us analytical stats but if you watch the game if Jokic plays against anthony davis or joel Embiid or he's getting cooked as to where Joel Embiid or Giannis or someone like that, when they guard against another premier player at their position, they hold their own. It's a battle. That's, that's to me, you know what I'm saying? I, it is what it is, right? So um, let's get off of that. Let's quickly pivot to the UFC. Um, John Jones came back. He choked out Surreal Gone pretty quick. Light work. He wants to come back and fight. Stipe. Um, Stipe is the next challenger sometime in the summer, probably for International Fight Week. And I'm I'm for it. I'm 
I am with that. Like, I want to see that. You know why? Because for the last three years, really four years, it's been a lot of people saying, oh, John Jones isn't the GOAT. Is John Jones the GOAT? Oh, well, you know, DC won two belts at two weight classes or um, Connor did it or look at Habib's dominance or Izzy or, you know, just uh, Kamar Usman. And everyone is so quick to compare them. And I, I felt like a lot of them, like Kamar Usman, was on the right track to be considered a GOAT. But you also have to remember what Kamara was doing is not as impressive as what John Jones did when he was young. When Kamara came up, he dominated the welterweight division. No one was calling him out. Nobody wanted no smoke, right? And the people he was beating was um, like Javier Dos Anjos, who is, I mean, he's a lightweight. He beat uh, Tyron Woodley, who hasn't won a fight since. And we literally watched Jake Paul knock his block off. But, and I'm not trying to say he's not impressive. He beat Jorge Masvidal twice, who, again, is not that guy. He beat Colby Covington, who is that guy. And then he lost Leon Edwards. But then you look at John Jones and what John Jones did. He came up through the rankings relatively quickly. He got a title shot because Rashad Evans got hurt. He choked out and dominated Shogun Hua, who at the time was viewed as the best fighter, not light heavyweight, the best fighter in the world. He had beaten Leota Machida, knocked him out, and everyone was just like, that's crazy. You look at what Shogun did at Pride. He comes to the UFC. He has a setback when he loses to Forrest Griffin. He gets back on track. He starts smashing people. At that point, Shogun Hua was looked at as the baddest motherfucker in the world and john jones mows through him he then standing guillotines leota machida he then rear naked chokes rampage jackson he then fights his former teammate rashad evans beats him in a, a great fight he then fights Daniel Cormier, who honestly is probably the second best light heavyweight of all time behind John Jones. He dominates him. He then has a close fight with Alexander Gustafsson. He then, this is later, like years after, but then he dominates Gustafsson. Then you look at his other wins. He dominated Ryan Bader, who has dominated all of Bellator light heavyweight and heavyweight, who also just beat Fedor in his last fight. I know Fedor is older, but still. John Jones beat them, and it wasn't even close. Yeah, in his last fights against Tiago Santos and uh, um, Dominic Reyes, he he looked susceptible in that last fight. You could have said he he maybe he didn't win. That man is a goat. He has more title defenses or title fights in the UFC than Habib has fights in the UFC. Habib was super dominant. He didn't fight long enough for us to see any issues with him. His Connor fight, if you go back and watch that fight, did he choke Connor the fuck out or like make Connor choke? Yes. But was that probably one of his hardest fights? It was. He didn't fight in the UFC at a high level long enough for people to figure him out. John has. If you think about it, how when John Jones won, GSP was still a welterweight champion. Anderson Silva was still the middleweight king. Those guys are so far removed 
that it's crazy to think that John Jones is still that guy. I'm a huge John Jones fan. If you don't, if you can't tell, um, are there things that he's going to have to prove, especially against someone like Stipe? He does. Me personally, I believe he mows through Stipe. Um, not because I think Stipe is is not good. I just think John's range is going to be an issue for Stipe. Stipe's striking is very good. His wrestling is very good. However, if you go back and watch him fight DC, DC in the first two fights had his way with him. Um, and the second fight, DC was slamming Stipe. And then you could kind of see DC slow down a little bit. And then body shot, body shot, body shot. I don't think John Jones falls into that same equation as DC. Now, I could be wrong. And I know a lot of y'all put a, a DraftKings card out uh, last week for the UFC card um, and Volashvili versus Pedrion. And I was wrong on every fight I picked. So, uh, but I just don't think that there's any way Stipe beats John Jones. Um, yeah. And in the UFC, not, not, not a lot else has happened just yet. Like we do have some really good cards this weekend. We have Kamaru Usman versus Leon Edwards three, the rematch. And that's something I'm looking forward to because I honestly think Kamaru Usman is going to dominate and get his title back. Um, but I, I'm not, that would be, I don't want to pick just yet, but I would say that's what I'm leaning on, but who knows, maybe winning the title has Leon Edwards in a different spot. Maybe he's adjusted some of his stuff and we'll see. Like for me, Leon, I like Leon Edwards. I really do. Uh, he's a cool guy. Um, from interviews and stuff like that. I don't know him, but it is what it is. We also have Justin Gaethje versus Rafael or Rafael uh, Faziev. <sighs> Banger. I don't think this card is going to be as for, for maybe fight fighters known uh, for like a casual, this will not be one of those fight cards that you want to watch from top to bottom. Um, but we should have some good fights. Uh, I think Gunnar Nelson versus Brian Barbarena uh, is going to be a good fight. And then you also have someone like Marvin Vittori fighting on the card. So I think, I think this could be a solid card. It could be a snoozer as well. Like I could, I can honestly see a lot of people getting wrestle fucked and full decisions and not a lot of punching and not a lot of smashing smash. I smash him. Not a lot of that stuff. So that I, I will, I will say that. So, um, NFL, NFL, um combine just happened there's not a lot of news um i mean the chiefs won the title the super bowl not a lot happening as of right now we are honestly just like in kind of standby mode it's um we had the combine the draft comes up uh, in april i believe unless they moved it it could be i don't know i don't be paying attention daylight savings was this weekend it's weird right but um yeah the chiefs won the super bowl uh, there's a lot of storylines going into next year. Aaron Rodgers, will he be a Jet? Will he go somewhere else? Will he be somewhere like a, a Raider? I think he did say he will be announcing that relatively quickly. It's not going to take forever. Um, and if you're listening to this, he may have already made his decision. And if he did, hey, it is what it is. What I will say is the – was it the AFC East? Or maybe the West. Hold on. Shoot, I don't want to be wrong, so I'm going to look it up. Give me one second. Yeah, AFC East is getting real interesting, especially if A.A. Ron goes to the Jets. The Jets is a young team. They do have Garrett Wilson, who I'm very high on. Uh, Garrett Wilson looked like a beast last year with, with Joe Flacco, Mike White, and Zach Wilson. 
and they do have Sauce Gardner, a solid up-and-coming young team who went 7-10 and 10 in a stud division. Have New England, who is going to be New England, um, new offensive coordinator, new play caller. What is it going to look like for them next year? Uh, is Matt going to take that next step up? And Miami just traded Skittles and Starburst for Jalen Ramsey. It's crazy. You added another piece. Uh, they did keep Tua for his fifth year, um, $23 million a year. Not a lot, but me personally, they need to address it. Like maybe put someone in waiting because this is it for Tua. Last year was supposed to be, this is, you need to prove it to me. But if you don't, you're out of here. But he, so many injuries. So you never really got to see what, I guess. So they decided to keep him. But it wouldn't surprise me if maybe Miami took a quarterback later in the draft, maybe a Max Duggan, uh, someone like that. It would not surprise me at all if they did something like that. And then obviously you have Buffalo, uh, who, because of their Josh Allen contract and Stephon Diggs, um, they will not be able to re-sign every single person. I do think that Buffalo probably is the favorite in that division, but I do see them taking steps back um, because of not being able to bring back like Tremaine Edwards uh, or Edmund, sorry. And then also Vaughn is, is of age. He did he showed that he's a beast whenever he's healthy. However, age and things like that could lead to issues uh, for Vaughn uh, in the future. So I don't want to like. I think that, me personally, I think they're on taking a step backwards. Um, they spent a lot of money, and I think the last couple of years were supposed to be the win. Now they were not expecting what happened last year in the playoffs uh, against the Chiefs to happen. And then they try to double down on that to help the defense. And they went through crazy injuries this year. And then uh, they ran into Joe, Joe. Brrr. So, you know what I'm saying? It is what it is. We have, where's Lamar Jackson going to go? Is he good? He was franchise tagged. However, he can still seek a trade. Uh, he can, if somebody wants to give him a bag, the Ravens can match it. Um, they better. I mean, I'm a Steelers fan. I'm not even a Ravens fan, but they better. Now, I say that, but if they don't, I understand. Now, what do I mean by that? Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson is fantastic, right? Now, I will say he ha- he has issues. He, the last couple of years, he's had issues with injuries late in the season, right? But I think those are because he's not paid. And he could have tried to play through them. Uh, and they don't have the best receiving core, things like that, right? The Ravens organization will outlive and outproduce Lamar Jackson. And what do I mean by that? The Ravens won Super Bowls with Trent Dilfer and Joe Flacco. In their minds, they can win with whoever. Now, does having Lamar help them? Yeah. It does. Lamar Jackson is, again, crazy good. But in their minds, do they set back themselves as an organization? Or do they find someone, some way to make this work? Or do they do they punt and look for someone else? Do they possibly make a trade for a higher draft pick and try to get a Bryce Young or a someone like that do they come out this year and just get their cheeks clapped and try to get a Caleb Williams next year who is potentially a better passer 
than Lamar, right? Lamar still, as much as people don't want to say it, Lamar still has questions around him. Yes, people will point back to his MVP season. What have you done for me lately? That's the thing, right? Now, am I saying he's terrible? No, Lamar is solid. But do I think, when I think of passers in the league, do I think of, do I think, oh, you know, you have Patrick Mahomes and Joe Herbert and Joe Cool, Joe Brr, and, and these guys, and then Lamar Jackson's right there with him. Like, no, he's not. He's not an elite passer. Would I like to see him with the actual number one receiver? I would. I would I'd want to see that because I want to know, is he a elite passer? Is he is that what he's missing? Because these other guys have Travis Kelsey and Jamar Chase and all this stuff, but he doesn't. He has Hollywood Brown or Rashad Bateman um, or Des Bryant. Like, what does he look like with that? We need to know. Is that a place for Hopkins, D Hop, Nook? Is that a place for him? Because he's the number one receiver. He can help. Is that something that Baltimore can do? Because Nook did say he will restructure. That would allow him to get a number one receiver and pay Lamar. Everyone happy. In that in that situation, as a Steelers fan, I don't really care what happens. Hopefully, Lamar goes and plays with with Vegas Raiders or gets out of my division. Maybe he goes and plays with the the Commanders or some shit like that. I don't know what happens, but I mean, as a Steelers fan, make it easier on us, right? I don't want to get into the Steelers because I don't want to jinx anything. Um, I want to see what we do in the the off season. I feel like there's a lot for us to do, uh, and we haven't necessarily done anything as of now. Um, but I mean, another winning season for Mike Tomlin. So, uh, I guess it is what it is, but yeah. And let's see me personally in the world we are in, I think there's two kinds of people. There's more than that probably, but I think there are people that understand the task and just do it. And just with it. I think there are also people who like to complain about the issues of the world right now or our country. And complain about things that we don't know for sure. We complain about stories and things like that. The issue with that is, is, and someone correct me if I'm wrong, but everything in this country has become about entertainment. Entertainment from the fact that no matter what happens, we are we we worry about the ratings. During a political debate, we are worried about the ratings. During a CNN or a Fox News shows, we're worried about ratings. ESPN will bring on race-related issues, political issues, same thing with Fox Sports, because they know it will trigger people to hear, well, let me hear what this is. Maybe I don't like that, or maybe I like that, and I want to hear what their thoughts are on those issues. And it's entertainment. I feel like everything has become the WWE. I feel like everyone is just cutting promos and you don't know if you can believe it. And some people believe every single thing. And they work themselves into a shoot, 
shoot as pro wrestling lingo has it. They think that because someone says it or they read it, it's true. And we're in a place that that is far from the truth. We do not know as much as we think we do know. You, as well as me, go looking into something or quote unquote do research based on what we want to find. That is not a way to learn. That is a way to prove or to justify what you believe. I feel like that's a problem. I I honestly do. I feel like people not wanting to think outside of the box and trying to, I I said I didn't want to talk politics. I just don't understand how people are not in the middle, right? I don't understand like what's the issue with looking at both sides and being like, y'all are both full of shit, but I want to come to terms with these things. This is what I want to have accomplished or this is what I want to. You have that option. If you don't like the shit that happens in this state, you can go move to another state that has your values to it. And if you want to say, well, I can't afford it, as bad as it sounds, that's your fault. I know people who have picked up and moved to other states with nothing and are now flourishing. Is it going to be easy? No, it's hard. Life is hard. Life is hard. So going back to me saying there's two types of people, there's doers and donors. There's people that just want to complain about it, and there's people that are going to do something about it. I feel like we're in the greatest country ever, and I, as a black man, can say that. Do you know why? Because I'm in a country where if I don't agree with something, I can voice that and not get my head chopped off. If I want to say that someone has the right to kneel for the national anthem, I can say that. Regardless if I think he should have knelt, kneeled or not, I can say that and not get my head chopped off. I just, I, I also understand that I have an opinion and I want things a certain way and the next person doesn't. So because of that, I wish everyone could look at and say, Bro, you know what? I think this way. You think that way. Maybe I should listen to it and try to base it on just not my experience because your experience is different. If you gauge everything based off of your experience alone, you're going to be biased to your own thoughts, which isn't a good thing because you're not going to care what your wife, your friend, your brother, your sister, your cousin, whatever, because you're not worried about how they perceive things. You're worried about how you are. So get out there and have conversations with people. Maybe you're you're a Chargers fan and your friend is a Chiefs fan and you guys are going to argue or you're going to debate. And that's fine. But listen to them. Don't come out and say some shit like Patrick Mahomes is overrated. How? That is a personal opinion that is not backed by fact. Patrick Mahomes is not overrated. Is Patrick Mahomes probably the best quarterback in professional football right now? Yes. Is he in a good situation? Yeah, he is. He has a great offensive coordinator or head coach, and he also has a safety blanket. Do you want to know something else that's also a fact? Most people that have that are goats or become great players. 
Tom Brady was also in a great situation and became the GOAT. You can't pick and choose when you want to use that. He is doing what he's doing because he's great and, and he's in a, a, a great situation, not one or the other. Both are true. Okay? Now, that's all. I don't want to go too deep into it. I don't want to talk political stances. I don't want to talk about where we are uh, as far as like economy and blah, blah, blah as a country because that shit gets out of hand really fucking quick. And I really don't want to talk about that stuff. So um, if my last words to all of y'all is be safe, have fun. And if it's warm and nice outside, get you and your kids outside. You need some some vitamin with the sun's going to give you. Have fun. Life is too short. It's too short to beef over something petty or to not tell the people that you're closest to that you love them. All right. Now I'm out and I hope to be back sometime soon. If not, I'll come back eventually. And hopefully I have the squad with me. All right. We out. Well, I'm out. Peace.